Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. My name is Chuck Smith and I am bringing you the preview show for the big match between Germany and Hungary at the Euro 2020 competition. Obviously, this one is a big match for both clubs, uh, clubs of both nations, as Germany is looking to advance on and Hungary could uh, also with some luck and a good effort against Germany, find itself advancing. So let's let's talk about the scenario for Germany as we get started here. Uh, right now, if Germany finishes at the top of the group, they would either face Switzerland or the Ukraine. So obviously, those are two pretty advantageous matchups for Germany. Switzerland has underperformed in this tournament. And Ukraine is a, I would say they're an underrated squad. They're very tough, uh, but... You know, right now, even Germany not playing at its best uh, would probably be favored over both of those teams. If Germany finishes second in the group, uh, this is where it gets interesting because they would face England. So that is a monster of a matchup. And I don't know about you, but that would be pretty sensational to see two such storied uh, nations battling in the next round. Uh, it would be, uh, the hype around that one would be massive. And I would uh, probably have to rib my buddy, uh, quote unquote, English Tom Adams, who's not really English, but we always say that he is because he sometimes talks and writes like he's English. Uh, we'll have to give him some ribbing because I know he does follow the three lions just a little bit. If Germany finishes third and is able to qualify, they would either face the Netherlands or Belgium. Out of those two, I'd say right now you want to face the Netherlands. Uh, of course, they are a little banged up, not quite as deep as they might be if the whole team was healthy. But Belgium looks like a monster right now. Obviously, Lukaku is is playing at the top of his game. He's been great in this tournament. And Belgium as a whole just is a bigger, better, deeper team than the Netherlands and probably Germany right now. So I think that that is a match that Germany probably wants to avoid as long as possible. But hey, we don't have to worry about any of that if they go out and lose to Hungary and fail to qualify, which I don't know the mathematical chances on that, but it could happen based on a lot of different scenarios playing out. So now that we've covered what could happen, let's look at this Hungary match and exactly you know how things could play out with Germany as they are going to enter this one without Thomas Muller, who has been absolutely crucial to everything that Germany has done so far. And you can say a lot about Muller's inability to fill up the score sheet, but you can't take away everything else he has brought to the table. The team just looks completely different with him in the lineup. He does so much with pressing and leadership and talking on the pitch. He's made a big impact. And without him, I, I don't think this Hungary match is is going to be quite uh, as easy as some might think, despite what might look like a big talent disparity. It's really not. Hungary has played really well. They are organized. They're tough physically. And they won't be afraid of Germany. And that, that is a, a big piece of this. And if Germany does not get out to a good start, if they do not bring the energy that they had against Portugal, which, again, Portugal was the anomaly of late. It's not like Germany has come out and played that well or played with that type of energy many times in the last three years. Uh, but unless they can replicate that, Germany is in for a long match because this 
will not be easy by any means. And it wouldn't be easy if Thomas Muller was available. And again, we're talking about him as if he's not going to play, and he probably won't. The last we heard was a quote from Yogi Love earlier today saying that they would assess everything with the squad tomorrow afternoon. Today is a Tuesday night when I'm recording this. So by Wednesday afternoon, German time, uh, I think we'll have a good idea if Thomas Muller is available. I wouldn't expect it based on the injury and also based on the fact that some of the other quotes that came out today from Yogi Love and revolved around players that could replace Muller, like Jamal Musiala, who obviously won't be stepping into the lineup for Muller, but probably will make the bench now that Muller is not available. So how does Yogi Love approach this? Who does he replace uh, Thomas Muller with? And it's kind of funny because earlier today at BavarianFootballWorks.com, we covered this exact topic. And I will say this, the, the responses from people kind of varied because people, uh, there are a lot of different preferences for how Yogi Love could do this. And if you assume that he's going to maintain that 3-4-3 formation, uh, it, you could find any number of good candidates, but how would they fit and how would he make it work? Let's take a quick rundown of what I would call the top five candidates to replace Thomas Muller, the first would be Leon Goretzka. Obviously, Goretzka, I labeled him as the easy way out for Yogi Love because he represents a chance for Love to get uh, Goretzka in the lineup without having to bench Ilkay Gundogan or Tony Kroos. So uh, I don't think that Yogi Love wants to bench either Kroos or Gundogan, but he also knows that he probably needs to get Goretzka in the lineup. And even though this might not be an exact fit for what his best role might be this could be a way for Goretzka to play and for Yogi Love to basically get what he might think is his best 11 players on the pitch without really having to upset those two veterans in the midfield. Uh, the second player is the one I refer to as the obvious call. It's Leroy Sané. If you're going uh, like for like, you want to get another forward in the mix, and that would be Sané, who appears to be the first choice off the bench. Sané has been wildly inconsistent basically all year. He has such good talent, such tantalizing talent and speed, such a devastating left foot that it almost makes it silly to think that he is a bench player. But right now, that's what he is. Uh, you know, it's even more funny because he has made dramatic improvements uh, with his ability to track back and his willingness to track back. And even, even Yogi Love, who has been a critic of Sané at times in the past, referenced that today in a press conference. Uh, so with Sané, he has changed some of the things in his game that needed to be changed. And he's put that effort out. And usually a player will be rewarded for having done that. But Sané's performance on the pitch in this first year after an ACL injury was not great. And I think, you know, as critical as I've been of him at times, we have to recognize it's his first year after an ACL. And there is just the ongoing legend that that one year, that first year after an ACL is almost a throwaway for any athlete in any sport. So I kind of abide by that and follow it. And as much as Sané can irritate you or frustrate you at times, uh, I think that you, know, you can obviously see his talent, you can see his skill and his ability. It's just not all quite there yet. And he probably needs more time, maybe uh, another year to get fully right. So, uh, you know, he is obviously another good choice for Yogi Love to go with, uh, but we'll see how that works because in this 3-4-3, Sané playing a little bit more narrow, he just did not look as comfortable and he floated around so much, 
especially in the friendlies, uh, the first friendly against Denmark, where it was it looked just looked like he didn't know where to be at times, and when his teammates were looking for him in one area, he wasn't there. There were just a lot of issues. Uh, another option would be Florian Neuhaus, who can do a lot of the things that Mueller can do. He just can't do them as well. He is an offensive threat. He is a playmaker. He looks to get his teammates involved. He can press. He can drop back defensively. He can be a distributor. All those things you might want out of that spot in that forward group could probably be filled by Neuhaus, who is traditionally a midfielder. So I'm not saying that Yogi Love would do that, and I highly doubt that he will, but uh, Neuhaus might be an option if, uh, say, Yogi Love opts for another player like Sané or someone. If things aren't working out, you've always got Neuhaus holstered up and ready to go. The next player is a personal favorite of mine, one that uh, draws me a lot of heat online, uh, especially on social media, and that's Timo Werner, who I call the redemption story, because right now, Timo Werner is in the doghouse for Yogi Love. There is no doubt about that. Uh, Werner has found his way to draw the ire of fans, to draw the ire of Yogi Love, uh, and it's a shame, honestly, because this is a good, talented, and especially fast player who is dealing with a bout of confidence uh, issues. He cannot shake what is ever going on in between his ears right now. And it's a real shame because when you see a player struggling like this, if it's physical, you, the natural instinct is to tell a player, take the time you need and get right. But when it's mental, you can't take that time. And it's that big conundrum that, that many players face. Every time you go out, you risk getting worse when you're dealing with mental issues on the field. And I think with his confidence being down, there have been times over the course of this season where Werner being out on the pitch did not help him. Uh, maybe taking some time off and clearing his head might have been better for him, but things have kind of snowballed, especially on the international scene for him. He was up and down as a Chelsea player this year and, and obviously drew a ton of heat uh, from the fans on social media for some of his performances at Chelsea. But Playing for Germany, he has not been great. Uh, he did score against Latvia when called upon, and I think he still has that ability and talent and speed, and I think he can make an impact in the Euros for Germany at some point if he gets the opportunity. But right now, I'm just not sure if Yogi Love is ready to pull the trigger on Werner. I think it's really sad to see how he's dropped off in the eyes of Yogi Love, because if you think back to the uh, 2017 Confederations Cup and Mike Lynch that reference was for you since you know I love that tournament and you just can't understand why uh, <laughs> um, I think what we saw from Werner back then was this uh, this untapped talent uh, that was just physically so fast and so aggressive with his mentality offensively and he's lost something from that and hopefully he can recover it because he could be a big piece of Germany moving forward if he can get right and finally, the last option is Kevin Volland, who probably represents the closest thing to a natural striker that Yogi Love has in his arsenal. But Volland, uh, for as good as he is and how much he could contribute, I'm not sure he could play a role similar to Timo Werner, I'm sorry, similar to Thomas Muller, uh, in that I, I think that the person that fills this void is going to have to be more of a central lies distributor than anything. And I know we've seen Mueller floating out left and right and all over the place a little bit, and it seems to work for him, whereas it doesn't work for Sané. But uh, I'm not sure that Volland quite has the same skill set uh, that's going to be needed for this match. Now, if this was a different setup, if we were talking about a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, or 
even a three-five-two or something like that, or three-four-one-two. Maybe you go with Volland because he has that natural ability. He has the understanding of space inside the box, and he has a a great ability to find open spaces and create shots for himself. So uh, you might consider that if you were going to alter the formation. But in this scenario, sticking with the three-four-three, we are probably not going to see him. Who do I think it's going to be? Honestly, I think Yogi Love is going to take the easy way out, and he's going to start Goretzka in that spot so he does not have to bench Kroos or Gundogan. I hate the fact that I think that way, but I think I've seen enough from Yogi Love to know that he's got this undying (laughs) sense of loyalty to certain players, and we saw it with Sammy Kadera in 2018 at the World Cup. There are just some players that he will not let go of, and I think right now Gundogan and Kroos are two players who he has no desire to take out of the lineup. Uh, as for those two players, uh, you know, Kroos I think has been—he's been very good. Uh, he wasn't great against France; he was much better against Portugal. I think Gundogan has struggled in both games. hasn't looked great coming off of a long season. He's not the most uh, physically gifted guy in terms of athleticism, so. Uh, If he's got heavy legs and he's not feeling 100% in a high-paced, fast tournament like this, he might not excel. I'm not going to try and knock. I don't want to sound like I'm knocking his athleticism by any means. I'm sure he could run circles around me or any other average person out there. I'm just saying when you look at him compared to, say, Goretzka, who even coming off an injury is uh, pretty much a physical marvel, I think that you know, Gundogan might not be best suited for this tournament at this stage of career. And we have to remember, he's he's over 30 now. Uh, he's not going to be able to match up physically with uh, some of the players in the midfield, especially the players that we saw in France. So uh, I just think it's, it's probably the time for Yogi Love to pull the trigger on that. I just don't think that he will. As for the rest of the lineup, I don't think we're going to see any other changes. I think we're going to see a straight... Uh, fill in for Thomas Muller, who I said would be Leon Goretzka, but everyone else will be the same. The back three, of course, would be Mats Hummels, Matthias Ginter, and Antonio Rudiger. We would have the central midfield of Tony Kroos and Ilkay Gundogan, the wing backs of Robin Gozens and Joshua Kimmich. And then we would have Serge Gnabry, Kai Havertz, and probably Leon Goretzka across the front line, which sounds weird, but I think that is the way things are going to go. Uh, as for how this one shakes out, I'm going to call this a 2-1 win for Germany. I don't think Hungary, as tough as they played, as as fun as they've been to watch because of the, I hate to say this, hunger that they play with, but it's the truth. Uh, I don't think they quite have what it takes to match up with Germany at this stage. Now, would I be shocked if Hungary won? Absolutely not. And my guy, Teddy San, on the website <laughs> keeps bringing up South Korea, 2018, and you know what? It's so. This is there are so many corollaries to what's going on, including uh, potentially bringing in Goretzka to play a position that he doesn't normally play. And if my memory serves me correctly, he did play right wing against uh, South Korea, which was a total debacle. I didn't understand that in the least. That was the epitome of Yogi Love's arrogance at the time. But uh, anyway, uh, hopefully Teddy, our guy Teddy, is not correct on this. He from well, the way he's talking, he has pointed out so many different connections to, between this game and the Germany-South Korea game in 2018. I am hoping he is wrong on that. But we will take that 2-1 victory for Germany. 
That's the way we're going to go with our prediction. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. Please have fun and enjoy the game. Check out our coverage at BavarianFootballWorks.com for everything game-related, especially our game stories and post-game reactions. Uh, We try and get those reactions out there pretty quickly once we get the interview results from the players and coaches involved in the match. But as always, we have the great Game Thread live blog. We have the live tweeting. We have our awards and observations. And as always, the post-game podcast. Uh, I'm not quite sure who is going to be manning that one, but it could be I need no name tomorrow. So if Germany loses, I'm sure there will be all kinds of... uh, uh, of fire, uh, fire takes and lava takes just spewed everywhere from him. Is he will it will be late at night his time, and he'll probably be irate if he has to watch a loss. So hopefully that doesn't happen, and we get that two one victory I talked about. Thanks again for listening. This has been Chuck Smith. We will see you next time.